Bishop Ryan Catholic School is dedicated to serving God and his children by laying the foundation for lasting happiness through education and virtue. Together with our parents, we're raising his lions. Here's Father Jada Nelson. Welcome to this episode of Raising His Lions. It's Tuesday, February 21st, and I'm doing this special podcast today because tomorrow we begin with Ash Wednesday, the wonderful uh, penitential season of Lent in preparation for our celebration of the great mystery of Christ's passion, death, and resurrection, which we know as the Paschal Mystery, his his Passover from death to life, by which uh, he has opened the, the gates of salvation for those who, who believe in him. And so... Today I want to uh, begin with a prayer and then I'm going to talk a little bit about what Lent is, what we as Catholics uh, are called to do, and how to go about it. A couple of thoughts on penance. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This prayer is a prayer from St. Bernard of Clairvaux, the great monk of the 11th century, uh, a Cistercian monk um, from France. He says this, Let me hold fast to you, Lord, whom the angels themselves yearn to look upon. Wherever you go, I will follow you. If you pass through fire, I will not flinch. I fear no evil when you are with me. You carry my griefs because you grieve for my sake. You pass through the narrow doorway from death to life to make it wide enough for all to follow. Nothing can ever now separate me from your love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, everybody, I actually get very excited uh, on days like today, days in which we get ready to enter a new season of the liturgical year, and we're going to enter the liturgical season of Lent. Uh, It's a liturgical season, which means that our liturgy, our public worship of God, uh, changes in its character a little bit to reflect the mysteries that we celebrate. The mystery that Lent celebrates is a mystery of conversion and preparation. Uh, It is a time where uh, traditionally uh, people who are coming into the church to be baptized uh, are preparing uh, eagerly uh, to be brought to the baptismal font of the Easter vigil and in order to be baptized that their sins might be forgiven, that they might be uh, given uh, sanctifying grace and the Pledge of Eternal Life by Christ through his mysteries. So this fundamental season for us, because all of our lives are based upon our baptism in a certain sense, uh, even once we're baptized, there's this call of Lent for us to walk with those people who are coming into the church uh, at the Easter Vigil to prepare ourselves again through a kind of recommitment to our baptismal promises to convert again, to be converted, that we might have life. And our Lord talks about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving in the gospel that is read at all the masses tomorrow during Ash Wednesday. Three forms of of deepening our conversion to the Lord, and in a particular way to talk about Lent and fasting and abstinence. I think it's always a good reminder for people to know what the requirements are in terms of fasting and abstinence. So fasting, first of all, uh, fasting is when we um, restrict our intake of food on a day or during a period of time. Uh, Fasting for us as Catholics during Lent is required on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Uh, 
And you can do more than that, obviously, but those are the required days for fasting. And to fast, a person is permitted to eat one full meal as well as two smaller meals that together are not equal to a full meal. So that fast is, for most of us, a pretty moderate fast. Um, It's the bare minimum, but no more than one full meal and, um, if necessary, two smaller meals that together are not equal to a full meal. Uh, We are also called on Ash Wednesday to abstinence, and abstinence uh, means that I don't eat meat. I abstain from meat on um, Ash Wednesday as well as every Friday during Lent. A little bit about abstinence and fasting. Um, so abs- the, can- the Code of Canon Law, Canon 1251, says that abstinence from eating meat or some other food according to the prescripts of the Conference of Bishops is to be observed on every Friday of the year unless a Friday occurs on a day listed as a solemnity. Abstinence and fasting, however, are to be observed on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. The law of abstinence, and this is um, commentary now, the law of abstinence prohibits the eating of meat, but eggs, milk products, and sauces made from animal fats may be eaten, as may fish and all cold-blooded animals, such as frogs, clams, or turtles. The law of the fast means that only one full meal may be taken during the day. Two light meals are permitted in accord with local custom as to the amount and kind of food. The consumption of solid food between meals is prohibited, but liquids may be taken at any time. So those are the regulations with regard to abstinence and fasting uh, as we mark this this holy season of Lent in preparation for Easter. Again, fasting every Wednesday, or Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, uh, abstinence every Friday during Lent. So now that I've kind of touched upon that, I want to talk a little bit about the purpose for our prayer fasting and almsgiving. And it has to do with the uh, necessity of being converted again. I think I'm not alone in uh, my experience of the Christian life as one of perpetual repentance, um, constant needing to turn back to the Lord in a more intentional way that sometimes I get lax and uh, and I, I, I lose sight of maybe how important uh, the Lord is in my life and, and other things encroach upon the attention and the time and the love that I give to him or to others. And as a result of that, we are in need of this sense of purification and penance to, um, to, to weaken the grip of sin in our lives, to reorientate ourselves to the Lord and to make amends or atonement or a satisfaction for our sinfulness in our life. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1427, says this, Jesus calls to conversion. This call is an essential part of the proclamation of the kingdom. Quote, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. In the church's preaching, this call is addressed first to those who do not yet know Christ and his gospel. Also, baptism is the principal place for the first and fundamental conversion. It is by faith in the gospel And by baptism that one renounces evil and gains salvation, that is, the forgiveness of all sins and the gift of new life. Christ's call to conversion continues to resound in the lives of Christians. This second conversion is an uninterrupted task for the whole church who, clasping sinners to her bosom, is at once holy and always need of purification, and follows constantly the path of penance and renewal. This endeavor of conversion is not just a human work. It is the movement of a contrite heart drawn and moved by grace 
to respond to the merciful love of God who loved us first. St. Peter's conversion, after he had denied his master three times, bears witness to this. Jesus' look of infinite mercy drew tears of repentance from Peter, and after the Lord's resurrection, a threefold affirmation of love for him. The second conversion also has a communitarian dimension, as is clear in the Lord's call to the whole church, repent. St. Ambrose says of the two conversions that in the church there are water and tears, the water of baptism and the tears of repentance. Going on, the Catechism in paragraph 1430 says, Jesus' call to conversion and penance like that of the prophets before him does not aim first at outward works, sackcloth and ashes, fasting and mortification, but at the conversion of heart, interior conversion. Without this, such penances remain sterile and false. However, interior conversion urges expression in visible signs, gestures, and works of penance. Interior repentance is a radical reorientation of our whole life, a return, a conversion to God with all our heart, an end of sin, a turning away from evil with repugnance toward the evil actions we have committed. At the same time, it entails the desire and resolution to change one's life with hope in God's mercy and trust in the help of his grace. This conversion of heart is accompanied by a salutary pain and sadness, which the fathers called animi cruciatus and compunctio cordis, that is, uh, affliction of spirit and compunction of heart. The human heart is heavy and hardened. God must give man a new heart. Conversion is, first of all, a work of the grace of God who makes our heart return to him. Quote, Restore us to thyself, O Lord, that we may be restored. From Lamentations 5.21 God gives us the strength to begin anew. It is in discovering the greatness of God's love that our heart is shaken by the horror and weight of sin and begins to fear offending God by sin and being separated from him. The human heart is converted by looking upon him whom our sins have pierced. St. Clement of Rome wrote, Let us fix our eyes on Christ's blood and understand how precious it is to his Father. For poured out for our salvation, it has brought to the whole world the grace of repentance. Since Easter and the Holy Spirit has proved the world wrong about sin, that is to say, proved that the world has not believed in him whom the Father has sent, but this same Spirit who brings sin to light is also the consoler who gives the human heart grace for repentance and conversion. So, Lent is a special season of penance. Uh, Lent is this time when, when this compunction of heart that the Catechism talks about is, is focused on as the prime, uh, prime object of our spiritual life. This being pierced through the hardness of our hearts, trying to pierce the hardness of our hearts so that we might feel and appreciate the horror of sin that separates us, that doesn't separate us. It um, it wounds our relationship with the Lord who so much loved us and offers us eternal life uh, and grace. And so we need to, you know, sometimes... Um, be reminded of the seriousness of waywardness in our life, of, of a lack of love of God and of neighbor. And, and it really is important because it then makes us capable of living 
the joy of Easter that much more thoroughly, uh, of appreciating uh, what God has done for us in Christ um, that much more, and ultimately having a deeper conversion of our entire life to the Lord. So a couple of things that I'll just point out uh, for your for your thoughts as we get ready for Ash Wednesday, and hopefully you have picked out a kind of what you're going to be um, doing this Lent to um, to make it holy. The first thing I would point out is that the Catechism points out that God's grace is the the mover of our hearts. It's it's God's grace that leads us to deepening conversion. And so the question that I have for you, or that you should ask for yourself, is Lord, what are you? What do you desire for me this Lent, Lord? What is the place in my heart that you want me to hand over to you, to become vulnerable to you, that you might have access to this place in my heart, that you might reveal to me the ways in which I have put up walls and fortresses to cut myself off from from you here, uh, that you might not have access to me here in this place in my life. What is it that I am being called to hand over to you? Prayer is the place that we help that that helps us to discern and to know what God's desires are for us. So it's super important that we're praying on a daily basis, not just vocal prayers, but the, the prayer of the heart, the prayer that is seeking the voice of God as it makes itself manifest to us through our conscience and through the work of the Holy Spirit within us. Penance, let's go to fasting. Fasting is this important um, penitential exercise that creates a space where our hungers are able to be, our spiritual hungers are able to be recognized as spiritual and our physical hungers, our physical craving for comfort, for luxury, for food and drink and sex, that these um, bodily desires and bodily hungers might be denied so as to create a space for our spiritual longing, our spiritual hunger, our, our more fundamental desire for God's love to become manifest and to um, drive us to seek that fulfillment in prayer and in communion with him. So fasting is super important for us because it, it, it awakens our spiritual senses. That then leads us to penance. And penance as um, a kind of making satisfaction to the Lord um, can take the form of almsgiving. That's one of the, the places where the church um, points us as a, a legitimate practice of penance is to give alms. That is to say, to actually give from my material wealth to those who are less fortunate, to the church, to God as a kind of sacrifice and a, a, a lessening of the, the weak, of, of the power that uh, material wealth has on me. Um, but there are other kinds of penances that we can do that are really about um, just denying ourselves in some way as we are attracted to sin. And so my encouragement to everybody is that once you, you know, have in prayer seen where the Lord is leading you this Lent, where he wants to encounter you uh, so as to bring you liberation from sin and healing uh, and a, res- a restoration and a deepening of relationship with him, which we call grace, that this then is facilitated 
also by fasting. And that fasting then opens up the way for us to uh, exercise in other ways penance, especially through almsgiving, by a recognition that we everything that we've received um, that is good in our life has come from God. And we want to do away with the things that get in the way of us living that relationship with him. So I wish you all a very um, happy and holy Lent. I find that this is a great time of renewal every year for me. And uh, I hope that you will you will take advantage of these 40 days starting tomorrow uh, to really grow closer to the Lord and to um, create a space in your heart where you are living in eager expectation of Easter uh, so that you might um, have a greater desire fulfilled uh, when we actually celebrate that great feast of God's, the conquering of, of sin and death by God's merciful love for us. So have a great day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Raising His Lions with Father Jaden Nelson. A special thank you to our lion parents, our partners in raising lions with inspired minds, faithful hearts, and lives of virtue. Visit us online at bishopryan.com.